the Cafe Media Network. You are listening to the Digcast with Cafe's Carl Diggler, brought to you by a 30-year veteran pundit. News. Family court. The discourse. Fatherhood. Digcast. Good morning, digheads. We've got a uh, laugh-a-minute episode for you today. We've got Alexander Petri from the Washington Post with us. Ken Bone, Carl. Really? I uh, I did what I had to do. You got trapped in an elevator at the debate and ended up on stage. Yeah. Uh, using disguise techniques, I was able to press both candidates, too. About, so I, about what? Energy policy. Energy, which you obviously care about. The thing you were reading from that note note card. Yeah, I'm pretty big into energy policy. What's one energy policy? Uh, clean coal. Well, you've really done it. You've uh, you've ruined a random man's life. I made him a star. Well, I guess he's taking it in good humor. Was it? Is it you doing some of these media appearances? Mm, maybe sometimes. Are you are you still doing it? Are you you're you're stealing valor? From Ken Bone. It's not really stealing valor. I mean, you know, Kay wouldn't be as popular if it wasn't, you know, my appearance. I, then why aren't you popular? I am. Popular inside the Beltway, places like that. The show's not popular. It's a cult hit. It's, um, exclusively listened to by people interested in transportation issues. It does seem to be a bulk of the listenership, yeah. Okay, well, let's just get to the interview then. Today, we're very lucky to have with us a humorist, satirist from the Washington Post, Alexander Petri, to talk about the latest round of Trump allegations and what state we are in the race and the satirist's perspective. Hi, thank thank you for having me. My pleasure. Uh, Well, I think we should just jump right into it. So, uh, yesterday, a new round of allegations against Donald Trump came out, and today, we have kind of seen the biggest victim of this scandal has sort of been men who have been painted with the same brush as Donald Trump. But Michelle Obama has come out this morning and stood up for the men. How are, the, how are men the victims here, Carl? Same question, yeah. You mean, if someone would look at a man like me or anyone else or uh, just go... Oh, he's like Donald Trump. He does that locker room talk when, you know, every time I've been in the locker room several times in my life, I have never done that talk ever. You know, when when men, when the majority of men who are respect women, all like every hour is respecting women hour, they are the truest victims of this because it causes their work, their work for feminism to be erased. By Donald Trump. So, so the, the erasure of male feminists is the real real thing that's going on here? It's one of the biggest parts of it, yeah. But uh, so Michelle Obama did come out for the men, though, this morning. And I thought that was uh, that was sort of uh, this administration's LBJ, we shall overcome moment. I didn't, I didn't see uh, Michelle Obama's speech. Could someone recap it for me or for the audience? That, that's certainly one recap of it, but mostly I, she was saying that she felt really personally was having a visceral response to what Donald Trump had been saying, 
and that if it's a moral test, this election is now, and you know that the men she hangs out with don't say these things, which is a relief to hear. I think she hangs out with you, Carl. Well, I mean, if she hung out with me, I mean, she probably wouldn't just say the men I hang out with don't say these things. The men should say the men I hang out with respect women more than even most women. Ah, yeah, that that sounds that's a bold claim. Well, yeah, no, I mean, uh, this is this has become the race of male feminism. This is what this election is about now, down the wire. I, I feel like it's also about female feminism. A little bit. At, at the risk of not being intersectional enough. Uh, wait, this is, so the election is about men now? Yes. It's about men choosing whether they'll be like Donald Trump or Carl Diggler. Uh, I guess. <laughs> okay, well, okay, what's, what's it about to you guys, if not that? I, I was thinking it's sort of more about what Michelle was saying it's about, where it's like a moral test for the nation, and also sort of a chance for people to say, well, is a candidate views women this way for women to stand up and say, hey, no, we're, we're people. We're not objects to be grabbed in any place. And you can't talk about us like that. And, like, do we want our kids looking at the president and saying that? Everyone seems to talking about the kids a lot, actually. It's very... I, I view it as a, a referendum on internationalism versus isolationism, particularly uh, played out in terms of uh, whether we'll have free trade policies and who are going to be the beneficiaries of these policies, you know, which I think I think that falls along class lines. Yeah, that too. Well, you do. Uh, the male feminism vector falls sort of like a middle to upper middle class rungs. Not all the time, but yeah, no. So it is an election about class kind of, you know, how can we extend male feminism to those who cannot afford to attend certain universities that uh, that spur this in people? Wellesley. Wellesley, yeah. Wellesley, namely. So, yeah, it kind of is a referendum on class in that way. But, um... No, I mean, this election started out, this was the the family court or the, 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 the children election, because as Alexandra brought up, quite true, children are incredibly important in this election. This is, you know, if the feminism of men is issue one, issue two is what do we tell our children? What do we do when we look at our round children in the eyes and we say, you know, they go, they say to us like, uh, Daddy, does Donald Trump know what he's doing? And you cry because uh, the innocence of children sort of cuts through uh, the the obstification of adults. You cry. Yeah, and all of us cry. When when Colby talks to you about the election. All the, the other day, Colby went up to me and he said, uh, Dad, does Donald Trump know that he's not just putting up a wall between us and Mexico, but between the Republicans and the Democrats? Wow, that... that- that's very on the nose. Your, yeah, your son, your son said that. My son said that, yeah. You, okay. So, I mean, I know that you think this election is about fatherhood. Most elections kind of are. How so? What is what is voting for two candidates, but the only fair deliberation that you will have between two parents by the state? Wow. Well... I feel like it's also an opportunity to express, like, your beliefs about what the nation should be doing in the future. And if you're viewing it as, like, a proxy parent battle, that's a sort of a strange statement. It's like, it's weird when people are like, oh, no, Hillary's mom and Donald Trump is dad. Like, that's, that, the election is not that, I, I don't think. All right, it's not that simple. I mean, um, Trump sort of has the, 
the capriciousness that sometimes people assign to how family courts treat mothers, you know, he's predisposed to get away with certain things that the father might. So you could almost call Hillary the father. There's a lot of play here. <clears throat> okay. Okay. That, well, what, what, what about the specific allegations? Uh, like you said last night, there were, I can't really even count them, six uh, news stories. The allegations are important, but uh, before we get into the allegations, I just want to do a disclaimer to all women. Uh, women, most men do not talk like this. This is disgusting. I've never heard or seen a man say any of these things. You, you've never heard or seen a man say any of these None, things? never. Like, zero times? Never. There is. I hang out with the good men. But, but I feel like it's... Automatic, like almost automatically, like, like you can't think of like one of your friends, like one guy friend who has said something like this. Maybe not a friend, maybe an acquaintance, just someone. Mm-hmm. No, no, it, z- zero people. Zero. I mean, my coworker, my sort of underlying here, the man that I spend most of my working hours with, in uh, Virgil, he uh, can't even get his wife pregnant, so. Uh... Okay. Okay. See, that that almost sounds like a disparaging remark. Like, are you approaching his wife as a person there? Does no, that, no, that just sort of like you're not uh, approaching my wife as a person. Like you're using her as a tool for making fun of your coworker. I'm not making fun of him. This is just sort of like a men supporting each other about how he can't like he can't start a child. Okay. Like, like fertility is a personal matter. I feel like it's also a community I mean, matter. I mean, it takes a village. It's not a community matter. No, it is. It's a community matter. It's not. I mean. Okay. You know, but you know, God willing, if you ever somehow have a child, you will realize that it is a community manager and you'll thank me. Okay. Didn't you only become a feminist because you uh, dated this Tumblr college student? Well, I mean, that's kind of like saying that uh, somebody who's born again, that they were never, like, they always had God in their hearts, but it was just something you have to wake it up in there. But I, I somehow feel like this has become you talking about feminism, and, and I feel like often with male feminists, like not one hundred percent of the time, and but and not to be like rude, but it's just like an excuse for them to just talk more as opposed to like this genuine thing. I don't see. No, I'm like the only time I talk is to go like you know, hey guys, let's listen to women. And I'll do. I will. I will never stop talking about how we need to listen to women, how we need to stop talking and listen to women. So, right, But if you, if you don't stop talking, then when can we listen to women? Once I appropriately set the stage. So you, you're like women's MC. Yeah, yeah. I'm like the warm-up like back you're to like the women's hype, feminism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, you know, it's like you ever see uh, Deaf Comedy Jam? Oh, we, uh, I know. I mean, I'm familiar with it. I've never it's a pretty ribald comedy act, but they would have a hype man. I'd be kind of like the hype man. I'd be like, uh, y'all ready to uh, listen to some voices? That, that's, all right, cool. Well, that sounds like an experience for people to have. Yeah, people have told me they've grown from watching me. And uh, that's pretty humbling. But, uh, you know, we're not here to talk about me. No, we're not. We're here to talk about what does this mean for the Trump campaign down to this wire? Yeah. Can he attempt male feminism? No. No. I feel like not. No. Hmm. Why not? Well, I feel like Donald Trump, like, all through the campaign, 
he hasn't been approaching women as though they're women and just people like him. He's been approaching like they're in different categories. Like his number one compliment for his daughters is like, oh man, like I would sleep with you. And like, if that's, you know, women are the separate category of thing to be like slept with or like approached as though they're like worth 10 men or worth less than one man. How do you start to be like a feminist or like a person who just views them like other people sort of? Too late in life for Donald Trump for male feminism. Yeah, sure. So looking forward, you know, uh, as we're recording this on Thursday, just last night, you know, uh, a new raft of allegations across multiple publications, the New York Times, uh, the Guardian, uh, even a People magazine reporter uh, have come forward with their stories uh, that are frankly corroborated by things that Trump has explicitly said on the tape with Billy Bush and as well on the Howard Stern program, uh, things that meet the legal definition of sexual assault. We've seen Trump bottom out, especially in your predictions that were released this week. Does he go any lower than this? I think he can stem the bleeding. If he says that this is an opportunity to grow, he may actually come back. For this may actually be good for him. That's good for him. Like, like multiple allegations of sexual assault and harassment. If he said, if he goes, oh my God, I cannot believe I was that vile. I beg for your forgiveness. I am excited for this opportunity to grow. That's sort of like an act of political jujitsu. That I I can't picture a scenario where he does that. You know what jujitsu is? Yeah, it's like uh, you know the, the one guy touches the other, he falls over. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, after the initial Access Hollywood tape came out, uh, several prominent Republicans. Uh, unendorsed Trump. Uh, one of them, uh, Nebraska Senator Deb Fisher, re-endorsed Trump. And just last night, after these women came forward, which we all knew would happen, uh, Deb Fisher un-re-unendorsed Trump. Well, at least she's on the correct side of the endorsement now. I guess. Yeah. Uh, it, now. Yeah, now. But how... Uh, Trump has essentially declared war on the Republican Party. How bad is this going to get for them, for these down-ballot Republicans? Oh, no, it's—they're probably going to be fine because uh, they have the support of, like, sort of beloved icons and Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell and, like, figures who, like, just nationally respected figures who were respected by both parties— Paul Ryan said he would stop campaigning for the uh, presidential ticket and focus his efforts on saving the Republicans' House majority. Yeah, Who wants to see Paul Ryan? Everyone! People, some people. I know he disinvited Donald Trump from, like, the pumpkin fest, which I feel like is a, that's a step in a direction. But a if huge... you're still defending, if you're like, I'm not going to defend him, but I haven't unendorsed him, what's the point of uninviting him from the pumpkin fest? Uninviting someone from the pumpkin fest is the biggest F you you can give in Wisconsin. Giant. But like these, well, like, have you ever, like the average person was from Wisconsin, they are kind of shaped like a pumpkin. And it's hey, almost like. My what? family's from Wisconsin. That's not correct. I, I, I mean, like, like as children they are, but you know, it's look, it's not like a critique on them, but it's like it's as, just, as a white woman, I deeply respect all pumpkin-based things, but I have to put my foot down. Uh, I feel just, like just let him do it. It's like this fugue state he goes into. He predicted the Wisconsin primaries to a T. Oh, yeah. I mean, like these on the basis of pumpkin I mean, theory. You know, you you know, like their brains are kind of like a pumpkin. Like it's smooth. Like there are no ridges in their brain. There are ridges on a pumpkin. There aren't. Yeah, there are. It's, 
Have you seen a pumpkin? What gourd, what gourd are we thinking of? Yeah, it's like, uh, it's really orange and smooth and the big stem. One thing that Democrats are complaining about, down-ballot Democrats, is that Hillary Clinton has spent the past several months calling Trump an aberration, reaching out to Republicans uh, to endorse her. Um, and they, uh, a lot of down-ballot Democrats think, well, what if she had just spent the past several months saying, yeah, Trump is a Republican, this is what Republicans believe, wouldn't they be in a much better position to retake the Congress? No. No, no one would have voted for a down, down ticket, like a straight Democratic ticket, if she came out with partisanship. You don't win elections with partisanship. I feel like that's, like, literally what you win them with. No. So, absolutely not. So you not. think it's smart for her to ally with guys like Paul Ryan? Absolutely, yeah. And, like, this is going to be a great working relationship, a Republican Congress and Hillary Clinton. Have you ever heard that song, uh, She's a Little... I, I'm a Little Bit Country, She's a Little Bit Rock and Roll? Yes. I, I've not heard it. Okay, so the Republicans that Hillary is working with, they may have in the past accused her of murdering several hundred people uh, during the Arkansas Project, which... You know, you do have to kind of hear both sides on it. It may or may not be true. Uh, it's not true. Uh, accused her of personally ordering the Benghazi attacks. Probably not true. De- definitely not true. Uh, connected Hillary to over 5,000 murders and called for her to go to prison. But nah. opposites attract. Opposites that, that was not where I thought that was going. Is the lesson opposites attract. Well, have you ever seen like the, I mean, okay, here's a better example. The odd couple. Okay. Okay, imagine if uh, Jack Lemon had accused uh, Walter Matthau of ordering the deaths of several U.S. contractors and a U.S. ambassador. But they're like, ah, you know, agree to disagree. And then they, they laugh about their differences and they agree that the retirement age should be raised to 90. I don't That's feel like... That's what... Yeah. I don't, I, I don't feel they, like that works that way. I feel like they would just, like, leave immediately and, like, the casserole that Felix is cooking, like, would not be given to whoever the other guy is in the odd couple. I've only remembered one of their names successfully. Why, what is the odd couple? Is this- it's like a dude who's really neat and a dude who's really not neat and they live together and it's, like, zany comedy. The 90s movie? I was thinking, like, the Neil Simon play, but it was also probably a 90s movie. Yeah, but people respect bipartisanship and they will reward democrats by voting for democrats who have been more bipartisan i don't think that's true but i i feel like i i disagree with you on this i think hillary clinton like should have tied more down ballot republicans to the sort of remarks and being like it took until now for you to step away from donald trump like he's been himself all along like clearly he's not entirely unrepresentative no one could have seen this coming I feel like you could maybe have seen it coming a little bit. Yeah, a little Just, bit. like, everything he's been saying in public makes his, like, these new remarks from in private, like, all the groping things, they're not surprises. They're just like, oh, like, it's not like, you know, a, your friend, hypothetical Dave, who, like, never does anything bad about women. Like, Donald Trump seems like the sort of guy where, like, you hear these things, you're like, oh, yeah, no, he's been, I'm not sure why I introduced hypothetical Dave into this. Dave Anthony? Yeah, Sure. But look, anyway, uh, voters would, maybe rightfully so, go, well, on one hand, Trump did these sexual assaults and the Republicans have stood by him. But then Hillary has been partisan. And they would go, like, they're, well, what's the difference? They're, both, like they're both doing... You can't, like, one hand the other hand that. You like, can't. You can't. Why not? That's uh, 
atrocious. Because one of them is just like a vague nebulous thing, and the other one's like actual stuff. So, but partisanship isn't real. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, so going back to Trump and the allegations, uh, based on the signals we've received from his campaign from uh, Trump Tower, I guess is the eponym for his campaign, right? Uh, <clears throat> going back to the uh, signals that we received, uh, their game plan is to uh, attack the women who've come forward, deny the entirety of the story, even though it's even though every story is essentially corroborated by his own admissions, uh, and also put the focus on Bill Clinton. Uh, he has, uh, he is going to be campaigning with, uh, Joanna Broderick, uh, what's her name? Kathleen Wiley. Mm -hmm. Uh, what, uh, do you think these allegations will stick that he'll, I mean, he has nowhere else to go except to say that, well, you know, Bill is exactly as bad as I am, but Bill has never been on tape or a national radio program, uh, admitting to, uh, sexual assault. I feel like we do need to reckon with Bill Clinton a little bit more yeah. as a figure because he's not this like unproblematic guy. He has like a, definitely his history with women. Like we need to sort of talk about that more. But at the same time, like Donald Trump's whole defense has been like, well, mine was just words and there was no actions. But that's clearly proving not to be the case this week. So yeah. how do you go for Bill? But maybe they are playing a little bit of political strategy because by bringing up the Clinton accusers, they are pressuring Bill into flipping on Hillary to testify against her in her email trial. I don't think there's going to be an email trial. I've been watching the Clintons for 30 years now, and uh, there is assuredly going to be an email trial. Both you and Ron Fournier are veteran Clinton watchers. Yeah, and you both, the experts. You think there's going to be a Clinton trial about emails? Absolutely. It will be the trial of the century. It will be OJ times 10 why? Why would you think that there would be that? It's the, the story has everything. The, the private server, Sidney Blumenthal. That's that's not everything. That's Sidney Blumenthal. Like, it's explosive. People can't stop talking about the illegality of her server. I feel like people stopped talking about it a while ago, and she apologized and said she did bad judgment. No, that's uh, no. This is this is not going away. She is going down for this, probably. I kind of think, I don't know, maybe the center of gravity in this election is somewhat shifted from that sort of um, misjudgment to, um, you know, whether or not we want to elect a rapist. One could say that, but uh, the one hand is the dirtiness of one hand does not wash the dirtiness of the other. Alexander, your final thoughts on the Trump? I, I just want to make like a noise of confusion. So I'll. Yeah. Okay. Ah, that's that's my noise. Uh, moving on, uh, so we're very excited to have you on. I'm, I'm really excited for this because uh, here's a fun fact about Alex and Carl. They are both huge Star Wars fans. Oh, that's... Yay! Yeah, I am a big fan. Big fan. seen all of the movies three times. Oh, wow. What's your favorite? <sighs> the Clone Wars. Attack of the Clones. Oh, that's that's an interesting choice. It has the best morals of any of the. It it's like, like the best thing that you can show your kids. But like literally the worst dialogue. Like not. No, no, it's good. It's uh, that's not how people talk to each other. Well, I mean, it's they, people also don't talk to each other like they talk in Hamilton. But it's you, you use license, creative license. See, that's like something that's true on its face, but still doesn't make sense. I I don't know how Carl does it. Even Glenn Greenwald couldn't figure it out. He's a lawyer. I've stumped many lawyers. Yeah, you're you're stumping me. No, but you you liked like Attack of the Clones because I feel like Attack of the Clones is worse than Phantom Menace, which is like you know 
Phantom Menace is an enjoyable kids movie. But Attack of the Clones has like it's all hinging on this epic love story, and the people who are mm-hmm. supposed to be epically in love with each other like don't like they talk to each other. Like one of them's a creepy stalker, and the other one is like trying to get out of the room as quickly as possible. That awful well, fight with the puppet. A lot of, I mean, a lot of relationships are like that. Like, you're in America, and she's in Russia, and you're only connected by the front-facing web camera. So that was, I mean, A, that was pretty ahead of its time. It sort of presaged uh, cam dating. Two, this is a movie about partisanship. So it's the deepest of any of the Star Wars movies. I, I totally didn't pick up it being about partisanship at all. Like, how is it about partisanship? The clones are partisan voters. So, like, partisan voters are, like, secretly being produced in a planet yes. uh, called Camino to look like Boba Fett? Well, uh, the planet, I mean, like, producing them, like, they produce them in a secret, like, the internet is kind of, like, where you produce partisan people, and they're producing them in the clone of Boba Fett. Uh, the Boba Fett would represent, uh, probably, uh, Paul Wellstone, and, no, yeah, it's, it fits. Paul Wellstone? Well, yeah, famously partisan senators, or what he was known for. No, I, I know that. I'm just like Boba Fett and Paul Wellstone is not something I pictured together. But yeah, no, I like. What else did you like about Attack of the Clones? Well, there was that. You know that I was on the edge of my seat during the scene with the puppet that Virgil brought up. See, I didn't like that. I thought it like took away the magic, sort of, of like if if the for- size matters not, and like all the. You know, force stuff is true. Then, like, you shouldn't have a massive disadvantage when you're fighting someone who's much larger than you are, and like have to jump around constantly. It sort of takes it away. I thought it was a metaphor for how we have to keep like partisanship. We have to keep up and evade it. Like, we have to jump over the personal attacks and ad hominems and fallacies and land a blow of logic. So it was very, it was very Kurosawa if you think about it. Carl, what did you think of uh, <clears throat> episode seven? Have not seen it. You've not seen episode seven. Oh man, I saw it fourteen times. I. That's also wrong, but, but. No, I haven't. Could not tell you a lot about it. You're a huge Star Wars fan. You wrote a whole article comparing the candidates to Star Wars characters. Yep. You've not seen the seventh installment that everyone was excited for. No. Why not? I think it sort of betrayed the first six, like the, the the integrity of the first six films. Like you just like the ending of Return of the Jedi and you're like, that's it. I want to leave it there. I don't want to believe that anything else happens or like. Well, I've kind of like, you know, in my on my own, I've expanded on the story myself, like just for my own edification. But I don't consider the seventh one. Oh, but what do you, what do yeah, you what's mean, your expansion? What do you mean you've expanded on the story? Oh, uh, well, that, it's just like a little novella I'm working on, but uh, it's called uh, The Empire Compromises, and the remnants of the Empire, they sort of, they go, well, hey, you know, you did some things, we did some things, and they create a coalition government with the rebels, and then they cut uh, star entitlements to better, you know, to keep down the star deficit. And there's a good line, Darth Vader comes back. It turns out he didn't die in the energy hall. He comes back and he goes, uh, I, uh, you know, I thought that the, I thought that the Emperor was the worst thing I ever saw, but this deficit makes him look like an Ewok. That's sort of like the money line in, uh, that, you're writing fan fiction. This is incredible. Can I read this on the internet somewhere? Oh yeah, no, I'll send it to you, yeah. Are uh, you, are you, I don't know, let me guess, there's like, um, let me just, let me just take a shot in the dark. There's, uh, 
there's something like a uh, a, a heroic alpha male uh, cyber journalist, space journalist yes, from yeah. the uh, from the journalism planet. Yeah, yeah, no, there is. How do you know? Who calls the winners and losers of the Galactic Senate? Yeah, how did you know that? And like uh, Darth Vader and Luke, you know, everyone uh, looks to him for advice on how to compromise. Yes, he's the new hero of the story. Yeah, because people wanted a new hero, and uh, he's like he's sort of like Han Solo, but with the moral integrity of Luke, which is what people always want. They wanted the edge of Han Solo, but with. uh, this sounds like a Mary Sue, I have to say. No, 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 no. Carlo Diglo is a very complex character. Uh, he he ran into some troubles in space family court arbitration, and he's trying to prove himself as a galactic father. But he has he has star uh, star alimony he needs to pay, and uh, the evil Stiff Lord Ju- Count Judge Elo Tau. Puts an ankle monitor on him and a monitor on his ship, the the Consensus Falcon, and says he can't leave the galaxy. And he, when his supervised visits of his son have to be monitored by uh, the Sith, so he's he goes, no, we need a different, we need a new way. So that's his version of getting frozen in carbonite. Yes, uh, an ankle monitor. Yeah, his son. There's a scene where the uh, judge uh, puts the ankle monitor on him, and his son is crying, and he goes, "I just want my dad." and Carlo sort of bravely looks at him and goes, I'm right here, son. And then uh, the judge, like, reaches in into his uh, space wallet and takes the alimony out. This, this, just seems, this sounds like it's maybe coming from your own life in a kind of... Like, That's kind of a universal story. Like, this is a like age-old story of good versus evil. Space alimony? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's, yeah, it's kind of like the man with a thousand faces, right? Yeah, jo- Joseph Campbell uh, misstructure. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, the, it's, uh, what's the one uh, famous structure about? Uh, it's like man versus family court. Yeah. One of the man most... Man versus partisanship. That's kind of what, like, the oldest story in the world is man versus family court. It's like, what is Beowulf, but, like, the like the monster is the entire system of judges and lawyers who are biased against fathers and the hero's fa- father. So. Yeah, and then Grendel's mother comes back and, like, tries to beat him again. Exactly. I, I exactly. Think, I think there's a case for this one. That's See? Like when, uh, Hamlet, we, we always learn something. Hamlet's uh, father comes back because, you know, he, he's going to get that last uh, full custody day. Yes. Yes. Now you get it. Well, maybe I do learn something. Yeah. yeah I, how about it? Uh, ooh, well, uh, Alex, you run an account called Emo Kylo Ren. I, I do. It happens. Uh, how did you come up with that? Um, basically, I saw the Force Awakens, and I like left the theater, and I was like, "Well, it seems like there should be more memes about this Kylo Ren character," because I feel like yeah, that that forgettable character, yeah, that you know, no one really talked about too much. Zero people talked about it, and like I kept like looking on the internet and being like, "Where are the memes? I want some memes." And then I was like, "You gotta." Be the memes you want to see in the world. So I created that, and that was just a sad sentence for my life. But you know, yeah, that's on the that's on the record. Yeah, forever. That will be on the record forever. Um, but yeah, it seemed like it was a, a good way to exercise the me who'd been going to hot topic back in you know middle school, like get my old live journal fired back up. I had a rebellious phase too, my John Anderson phase. John Anderson. Yeah, he ran for president. And- 1980, I think, against Reagan as an independent. Mm, yeah, like radical moderate. Oh. That's rebellious. Yeah. So how did you, like, show that at school? Did you, like, have a sticker on your backpack and stuff? Yeah, no, I uh, I would sort of 
if I was taking like a class, I didn't like, and they they'd go, Carl, you have to take your math test. And I go, how about what if I combine my geography and math test? And they'd be like, where'd you learn that? And I went, little guy named John Anderson, you wouldn't understand because adults are always yeah. partisan. They never kids understand. Are, yeah. Uh, on special occasions, Carl wears this pair of Dockers. He says are campaign pants, um, but they're they're just a they're just khakis with um, a John Anderson sticker on the uh, seat. I mean, you know, it's I'm amazed like they still fit. I I I have you seen pictures of Carl as a as a kid? I yeah okay now I'm, now I'm less amazed that they still fit now that I'm visualizing that. Yeah, ever since. I mean, I one thing I'm pretty proud of being about the same size now as I was from when I was 14. Like, very few people can say that. Yeah, that's I, true. He was looked substantially the same. It's very weird. Like, he's balding and, you know, same glasses. So, I could just pick a shape and you stick with it. Yeah, no, that's uh, decisiveness. Yeah. Let's get back to Emo Kylo Ren. Yeah. What's, uh, so, what's Emo Kylo Ren got brewing up for uh, this month? <laughs> well,. These days, all Emo Kylo does is, like, when there's Star Wars news, he'll tweet about it. And I feel weird, like, I talking about him in the third person, like, he exists externally for me, but, you know. I don't think it's that weird. Do you, Carl? I don't, because uh, I may have an account that's going to overtake yours. Oh. A little parody account of my own. That would be great. You're doing a Star Wars parody account. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's called... I think it's a concept that has not been mined enough yet, and there's really a lot of new ground to break there. Not in the way that I'm doing it. No one has tried in the way I'm doing it. It's called No Labels Darth Vader. No Labels Darth Vader. Yes. No Label... So it's Darth Vader as if he were a, a, an, an, an independent? Yes. You want me to read, read a few of them? Go, yeah. Luke... I am your bipartisan compromise. That's 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 like Luke. straightforward, yeah. I am your father. I, this is a, another one. Uh, this one got two favorites. Uh, we go. Um, what the Simpson Bulls passed uh, three subcommittees and twenty parsecs. Who, who favorited that? Uh, uh okay. We got appears two locked counts, but uh, count nonetheless. I don't understand the quote. That's. Darth Vader saying that it actually be Han Solo talking about his ship. Oh, it's the, the, the uh, Simpson yeah, Bullets. Like yeah. It's like the twelve parsecs thing. Yeah. So, you know, you sort of like you grow in the creative process as you do it more. But it says Darth. Okay, what else you got? Uh, okay, so this is the Emperor saying this. Uh, let the partisanship flow through you and instead of hate. So now, now he's just like every character. It's not just like yeah, Darth Vader. Well, Darth Vader is like a recognizable one, but it's, it's, I sort of get. I like you know. I'm calling people's attention by going Darth Vader, but then I have all these other ones. So it's a bait and switch using Darth Vader. Yeah, kind of. People just love Darth Vader that much. They're like, oh, I'm going to click on this and be enlightened. Yeah. That seems confusing. It's very confusing. The best plans confuse most people when described in entirety. And you think this is going to overtake Emo Kylo Ren? Slow but steady, yeah. Slow slow, slow and steady wins the race. Good luck with that, man. Won't need See, look, it. you're passionate about it. Won't, I, I, have, I have passion, don't need luck. I think we're about out of time here, if you have any closing words either. I think we should end with a moment of silence. We're not going to end with a moment of silence. And for all the men whose voices have been erased today. Can we not do that? I'll do it. Can I talk guys, during it? You can guys I talk can during talk your moment of silence? I'll be, you know, I'll be respectful here. Okay. Um, Alexandra, uh, do you have any closing thoughts? Just, I... It, it was really interesting hearing a different perspective today. And uh, 
Good luck with family court. It's interesting hearing a male perspective for once. Yeah, no, you never get to hear that. Um, Especially as a woman on the internet, that's one of the things that's most often missing, I feel. So you say you learn something. Always. Yeah. Erosion, right? Yeah. Erosion, just like like sands falling off a mountain. Eventually death comes for all of us. And what can we do in the interim but smile and listen? Thanks for coming on. Well, good luck on your novella, Carl. Your Star Wars novella about moderation. Mm, I don't think I'll need it. Yeah, I don't think so either. Hey, the switchboard is lighting up. You're pretty popular right now. Two calls. All right. Uh, Two calls. It's, uh, who do we got on line one? Uh, we got, uh, oh, it's your fan, the billiards fool. Billiards Put him right on. Oh, Zoe, Zoe, Carl, look who was right. The billiards fool. Oh, Carl, for months, 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 we never Trumpers pointed out that Trump is a vulgar charlatan who doesn't share our core conservative principles of privatizing trees, getting the UN to add Palestinians to their invented people list, and electrical treatments for homosexuality. And you know what, Carl? For all our trouble, we Cassandras were laughed at. We were sent the Pepe Fog. We were called cucks. We even had our wives' email addresses docs. Well, no one's laughing at the billiards fool now. So, uh, with this uh, being proven right, what is your next move? Our next move is getting our candidate, Evan McMullen, the true Republican conservative nominee elected president. And Carl, I'm so happy you've noticed that Evan has a real shot of winning the pivotal swing state of Utah. In fact, Evan is such a good man, in his honor I've decided to convert to the one true faith, Hyperborean Neo-Mormonism. But you see, you're not an historian, uh... No! 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 Those are heretics! Oh, okay. Uh, uh, so, uh, Billiard's Fool is going to Kolob. I am! Well, you know, Hyperboreans don't call it Kolob, but okay, I okay. appreciate the sentiment. Okay. Well, now that the wind is at our sails, it's clear that we, cocks, are unstoppable. Next stop... We will get the Nobel Committee to overturn D- Bob Dylan's Nobel Prize in Literature, which is clearly deserved for David French for his thrilling stream of consciousness novel, Emails My Wife Received. Very good book. Well, I gotta go, Carl. We're so, so busy. Only four weeks till Election Day. You know what I always say? Sip, sip, sell. Billiards full away. Wait, what was that about the Nobel Prize? You know, can get it to David French? Billiards, b- ball, friend. I don't know. I don't understand any of these friends of yours. I don't know any of this. You want to hear the second call? Yeah. They've been waiting for the past five minutes. This is from uh, 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 the, the ID says plane fan. Is that someone you know? Oh no! Oh no! Oh god! Okay. This is Janet, the juice orange, Donald Trump's aviation advisor. I take issue with the allegations that Trump committed a sex assault on an airplane. Everyone knows the 80s models, DC-9, DC-10, ND-80, L-10, 11, just to name a few examples of these airplanes, do not have armrests. Furthermore, they use an 
inferior liquid jet fuel engine when everyone knows that turboprop engines are superior. Furthermore, these accusations are being spread by George Soros, who is in cahoots with the GameFAQs moderators to slander turboprop engines on the Air Traffic Simulator 2013 message boards. If you would like to discuss this allegation further, you can take a turboprop to my bungalow in Litchfield, where I can show you models and discuss you my strategies for efficient air traffic simulation. How many of these people are there? Are are you going to go? No. You know, I mean, it sounds like a highly placed campaign source. No. It's just one of the other people who are obsessed with transportation. They're they're big fans. They're they love the show. Yeah, certainly cannot say they're unenthusiastic. Well, uh, <coughs> that about does it. That about does it. Um, please rate and subscribe on iTunes.